I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy it. I'm so excited to discuss my sponsor today, which is Page One Books, because my summer book bundle is ready on pageonebooks.com. And the bundle that I've put together includes three books that I picked, uh, Montauk by Nicola Harrison, More Myself by Alicia Keys, and I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpot, all of which have been on this podcast here. Uh, it includes a Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, Beach Tote, a cute little library card pencil slash cosmetic case, and a water bottle for staying hydrated, plus a little... Um, thing of sun lotion. So go to page1books.com, page one with the number one. So page number one books.com and check out my page one books summer bundle. Buy it as a gift, a housewarming, if you actually go somewhere or just give it to yourself. Everybody needs a treat. We've had a long spring. <laughs> page one books.com. Welcome to day two of the second week of the July book blast. This is the, I guess, seventh day in all of my 10 day July Book Blast with episodes I recorded throughout the quarantine, some quarantine-related, some not, all of which deserve to see the light of day before the summer comes to an end. Today is Young Readers Day, so I have a collection of children's books, middle grade, and all sorts of stuff that your kids might like, and how interesting to hear from children's book writers which is exciting to me because I actually sold two children's books to Penguin Random House that'll be coming out in the next year or two. So I have a personal affinity for children's book authors. <laughs> Enjoy these episodes. Chioma Moma is the author of First Day at the Big School. She is based in Nigeria, where she's a regulatory sector lawyer and a member of the Nigerian Bar and the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators. A children's book author, she started the LEARN program, L.E.A.R.N, program in schools where she speaks on reading and writing skills. She's passionate about encouraging working mothers through her blog, www.chioma.net. Hi. Glad to be. Well, welcome to Mom's Day. So how are you? Books. Good. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. Thank you. Great to be here. So where in, in Nigeria are you? I'm in Abuja. Where is that in Nigeria? <laughs> Abuja is Abuja is the capital. So we're right in the middle. The capital city. Well, it's in northern Nigeria, actually. But so it's kind of in the middle. Awesome. Yeah. Well, from around the world, here we go. <laughs> it's nice to be here. Oh, Nice to be here with you. So tell me about the big school, kids going to the big school. What made you want to write okay. this book? This Tell me the whole story of how you wrote a children's book and why about this topic and all the rest. Okay. So first off, I've always loved reading, voracious reader. But then when I started having children, I noticed that most of the books where I didn't see enough Nigerian characters, people of color, people that they could relate to, which was the same thing I had when growing up. All the books were either Enid Blyton or what's his name, the guy that wrote about the giants. Um, oh. Just the same books that I had read growing up. Yeah. The same books I had read growing up. And they were great books. Eric Kyle. Royal Dahl. They were, they were amazing books. Royal Dahl. I was yeah. thinking of Royal Dahl. I yeah. love his books. So the same books I had read, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the same books I had read growing up. I, I wasn't seeing things by with African characters or Nigerian characters. And I was like, okay, I would like to tell a story that had things that they recognized, Nigerian food, Nigerian names, Nigerian skin texture. So that was this. I, I wrote it for my children, basically. I wanted my children to see a book where they had names and faces and events that they recognized. And, and then I thought of the, you know, my, 
My earliest childhood memory was when I started, left kindergarten, started grade school. And for me, it was a big shock because I was living being a baby, you know, because in kindergarten, in, in early years school, I had, you know, you're still very little. You're like a child, you're like a baby. And then when I got into grade one, it was a bit scary because I thought they wanted us to all be grown up all of a sudden. And I just imagined that for other children, they would have the same issue, especially if they're changing to a new school, they were transiting to a different school, and they would be, you know, so uncertain. And, you know, like for us in Nigeria, once you leave kindergarten to grade school, you, you know, a lot of things change. You start wearing uniforms, you move to a different building, basically. So for me, I was like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of children who are wondering what it would be like to go to a different school and all the mix of emotions they would have, meeting new friends, having a new teacher, just dealing with so much, so many new experiences all at once. And then there would be excitement as well. So that was why I wrote that book. I wanted to be able to relate to children, for them to be able to see something they could relate with, children who were Nigerian, children with Nigerian names, and then an experience which I think every child can relate with, and even every adult, because everyone has gone through that thing where you have to you know, get a new job or go to a new school or move to a new city and you're just faced with like, oh, what is it going to be like? Will I like it? Will it be scary? Will I make friends? And that's really what, you know, that book was about. Just all those mix of emotions that everybody goes through when they're dealing with a new, a brand new experience. Well, it couldn't have come at a better time because my son, I have four kids, but my littlest guy is starting kindergarten in the fall, which sounds more like awesome. the transition from K to first grade for you and that it will be like a, yes. you know, a dress code and a new school and a bigger building. And I mean, who knows if school will even start in the fall anymore, but that same, I, I that same, all of those feelings, you know, it's so great to have a book. And obviously there are some other books that deal with back to school, but like you said, having new characters and having a new point of view and the fact that kids in Nigeria have all, <laughs> are going through the same things, like people all over the world. Like, you know, when you say to yourself, like, oh, everywhere. Yeah, like I'm not the only one. People, you know, I don't know. People all over the world. It's it's one thing to think that, but then to have an example of like another child in a school in Nigeria, mm-hmm. just it makes it all just seem so relatable. And then you don't feel so weird that you're all nervous yourself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We, we all have the same experiences. That's what I see. Everyone all over the world has their own example of that experience, but we all have similar experiences everywhere. It's true. And even though everyone knows that, I think everyone needs to see it to have it hit yep. home. <laughs> it, yep, just being definitely. able to think it is not, not enough. <laughs> so did your kids appreciate when you wrote it? Oh, they did. And then um, I based the main character on my daughter. Her name is Olana. So I named her Lana after my daughter. And um, they were really excited to see. They were super, super excited. And then the funniest thing happened other people were excited as well, but I didn't expect that. Like I said, I wrote it for my children. And I said, okay, my children will read it. A few friends' children will read it. Just a few people in my community would read it, you know. But then I had people who I didn't even know, people who I hadn't spoken to in years were like, oh my God, we, you know, we loved it. I put it on, you know, it's on Amazon now. So people all over the world, basically, people in Canada, people in South Africa, people in the US, people in, the, you, know, in the, you know, in England, writing me to say, oh, I read your book. My child loves it. You know, they could relate to it. They were, you know, they were transiting to grade school or kindergarten or whatever, and they could relate 
to this story, you know, and it was just amazing for them. And it just went to places I would never have expected. I've, you know, I've gone to a different city. I've gone to different cities in Nigeria where I've been told to come and read, do book readings to children transiting, just to kind of prepare them for that next stage of school. So, yeah, you know, my, my children loved it and a lot of other children loved it as well. So, yeah. It's done really well, thank goodness. Oh, that's great. What has it been like with your kids with the quarantine this spring? And like, what is it like oh, now? <laughs> they are tired of being, you know, they are tired of online school. That's one thing I can say. They are tired of classes online. They are tired of, uh, it's, it's, it's just a bit too much for them. They're happy that mommy is home because I'm home 24-7 now. So that's the best part. They have mommy home with them all the time. I don't have to go to work. But I think everyone is ready to be able to go back to school to learn. Yeah, but for them, the best part has been just been having mommy and daddy here. I'm baking a lot. I'm in the kitchen a lot. I'm playing games with them. You know, I do hopscotch and play football together. And they're just happy to have me home. Yeah, that's the best part for them. What was your job before? Like, what's your day job? Okay, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. So I work for the government. I, you know, I work for a government agency, a government office, and I, you know, I work in the legal department. So yeah, it was a busy nine to five job. So basically on a regular day, if I got home by 6, or 6 p.m., they would be happy. So just seeing me here every day is just like, oh my goodness, they come and give me hugs like every, every one hour, you know, Aww. a new hug. <laughs> oh, mommy, I love you. Mommy, can you do, you know, so they're, you know, so they're really... It's going to be hard for them when I have to go back to work. But yeah, we're just enjoying the moment. We're living in the moment. We're glad. You know, like I told somebody, when you have family, you don't have that much to miss. You know, so you think of people who don't have families, who have to be by themselves, who have no siblings to play with or no, you know, or no, no family, no children or whatever. But I guess we're all making the best of it in one way or the other. Thank God for technology so we can talk you know, do video calls and stuff like that. Yeah. And so for your book, how did you find an illustrator? You didn't illustrate it yourself. Oh, I did not. That was the hardest part. I was in, the, I was in England at that time. I was studying. I was in grad school, what you guys call grad school in the States. And I was there with my two youngest children when I decided to write, to write the book. And I kept on looking for an illustrator. It was really tough. I didn't even know where to start, to be honest. But luckily, I found somebody online who lives in, I think he lives in Vietnam. So, you know, I, I discussed my ideas with him, sent him, you know, the characters, descriptions. A lot of the things I wrote about, like, you know, he didn't understand the concepts. Like, but he, you know, but he, he did really well. And we've done a second book, which he did amazing. And we're working on our third book. We'll soon start working on our third book together. So, yes, I found him in Vietnam. and He's really, really gifted. And um, it was just amazing having to, you know, bringing these characters to life with him. Because like I said, I had to, you know, the whole concept of, you know, children with cornrows in their hair, he didn't understand any of that. But I had to show him lots of pictures and have lots of meetings with him. And, you know, he did he did a great job. It's just so amazing to me that you thought of this idea in England. You wrote it in Nigeria. You collaborated with a man in Vietnam. And now <laughs> you and I are on Vietnam. Skype and I'm here in New York and we're talking about your book that people read all over the world. It's just amazing. Like I always think about the power of books to bring people together. And you're, this is just such a great example of look at this and how your vision can make people feel better like everywhere. I don't know. It's just the coolest. I just think it's the coolest. <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 you know, te technology is amazing because really, you know, like I, you know, I tell people every night, I tell kids, you can tell a story in front of your friends at home, but when you write a book, it could go anywhere. 
literally anywhere in the world. And a lot of the books I read as a child were books like the classics, you know, Little Woman, what's, you know, Jane Eyre's books, Huckleberry Finn, Tom, Tom Sawyer. Those were books that were written somewhere in some corner, maybe in the US or in the UK. And people have read those books all over the world. So yeah, books are just amazing, really, how they bring people together. What are your next two books about? Okay, so my second book is called A Fun Day in the Museum, and it's a series. So I'm still with Lana and her friends, and they go to see a museum. And in that book, I try to talk about history because I found, because in, um, in Nigeria, there's a lot of children aren't taught history the way they should be. A lot of things are just glossed over. You know, a lot of, things, you know, a lot of kids don't know about great people in our historical past who have done a lot for this country. So I try to bring up you know, our founding fathers in that book. I put their pictures there, spoke about, our, you know, our artifacts, spoke about, you know, stuff that has happened in Nigeria, the civil war we had. So I tried to put all of that in the museum. So as the children were going around there, they were discovering stuff about their country. And the third book, which is still far from finished, the children go to the village. And just to give you an example of what it is to go to the village, I live in Abuja, which is a city when, you know, it's, it's an urban city, but well, everybody comes from some village or the other. You know, my father was born in some village down east. And most, a lot of Nigerians every year, either Christmas time or Easter time or some time of the year, they go to visit their village. And it's really rural, it's really rustic, and it's really lots of fun. It's really different. So um, growing up, I did a lot of that. Every year we went down to the village, you know, to spend time with my grandmother. And I want to bring those memories alive for those of us who had those experiences. Nowadays, it's not as common. Children don't go to the villages that often. But for those of us that did, it was really, really a great experience for us. So I want to write about that, you know, so that children can see what village life was like. Because it was really fun playing with goats, you know, going to the stream. But you it was fun. It was, it was really, really fun, you know? So yeah, so that's what that book is about. And then just meeting up with, you know, with your cousins who you haven't seen from all over the country and all over the world, because it was like a big, great homecoming. Everyone would come home for Christmas and then um, you would just see people you, you, that you haven't seen in years. So yeah, so that, I'm really excited about that project. And then also I'm writing a book for women as well. Ah. Yeah, something different. I'm writing about actually two books. It started out as one book, but I've had to, I've had to make it two books now. I'm writing about women who, women in history who have done great things. Women like Amelia Earhart, women like Mary Slessor, who was a great missionary to Nigeria. Women who have just done amazing things over time and the lessons we can learn from them. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that project. That that would be that book should be out in like another month or so. I'm really working hard on that to get it finished. Wow, good for you. Thank you. So this corn, this whole time of you know being at home has not inc- not affected your productivity in a negative way at all. Oh, at all. It's 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 been you know it's been a blessing in disguise for my writing because when I'm at work full time, I'm more engaged with work. You know, working as a lawyer. But now that I'm working, you know, that I'm home, I don't get to do as much office work as I normally do, which I miss. But it's been a blessing in disguise, to be honest, because I've had time to catch up on all these projects, time to speak with you, you know, <laughs> on Skype and just do other things that I, I really enjoy. You know, time to spend with the children and bond more with them, time to bake and just, you know, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been good. It's been a good time for me, to be honest. And how do you come up with all the ideas for all of your different projects? Oh, inspiration. Yeah, I think for all of us, our inspiration is from our childhood. 
for many people that write. It's stuff that has happened to you. So like I said, for my first book, it was my experience, my the root shock I got starting, you know, grade school or primary school, like we call it here, and seeing that I was now a big kid, all of a sudden I had to wear a uniform and I had to, you know, things just changed. So yeah, and then also my love for history inspired the second book. And then my love for just thinking back, you know, on village life inspired the third one. And then for me, I do a lot of speaking to women, uh, but I try to encourage women a lot because in our society, I think all over the world, women, you know, once they start having children, they feel that, you know, that's it. But you know, I tell women there's so much more you can do. Yes, you can be a great parent, you can be a great mom, but you can also do stuff that you love as well, apart from parenting, apart from raising your children. So I just try to encourage them to look, you know, whatever it is, whatever career path you you, you want to do. Like you say, you don't have time to read, but you do have time to read. You can make time to do other things if you really want to. So I just try to encourage women. And with this latest book I'm working on for women, I've just, you know, I was talking about all these women who had so many things against them. They had, you know, there was there were gender issues. There was race discrimination that they had to deal with. There was so, there were so many issues. But yet they were able to do those things that they dreamt of doing. So just to you know, encourage women to be like, go for your dreams. You you can do it. So yeah, so that's where my inspiration for my writing comes from. It's from you know things I like to inspire ladies to do in the you know in real life. Go for your dreams. Don't let motherhood be. Don't let motherhood look like something negative. It's a beautiful thing. And um, being a mother should not make you be any less of a human being or not accomplish any other thing that you that you need or you desire to accomplish. I think a lot of people need to hear that. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. What do you like to read? What are you re- What are you reading now? Any good books? Oh, I'm reading. There's this book. The book I'm reading now is it's called Deborah or Deborah. Like I said, I like being inspired by women as I inspire other women. So I'm reading about Deborah, who was a great judge in the Bible, and just reading about all the amazing things she did, how she went to war with these mighty men, and how she won. How basically, if if she hadn't gone with them, they would not have won that war. So, yeah, I'm just reading stuff about, you know, inspiring people. And another book I, you know, I just read recently, which was really amazing, because I love history, was a book about sea women. So women in Korea, I think. And, yeah, that was a, that was really interesting, just to see how, how women were so strong, how they, you know, they made a living and still had to come back and be mothers. So, yeah. A lot of the books I'm reading are about inspiring women, basically, yeah. So, Love yeah. it. What advice would you have to aspiring authors? Aspiring authors, your story is in you. You have your story right in you. You don't have to go searching for it. Think back, think of your memories, think of your experiences, think of those things that really touched you, you know, when, you're, when you were a child or even in adulthood. Think of those experience that, experiences that stand out to you and you can tell a story from there. You don't have to copy someone's story. You can be original. We all have stories inside of us, hundreds of stories waiting to be told. So just think and think, what story would I like people to hear? What is that authentic story I have inside of me? And yeah, and that's, so that's my number one advice. Your story is in you. Think about it. And then don't be afraid to write. Your writing might not be perfect. But then we have editors. We have people who can help you. You know, So just start. Start writing. Start today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Start now. Love it. I'm going to go right right now. I'm going to just go. And now that you said that. No, I'm I, don't, I don't have time to do that today. <laughs> but I would like to. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you came on my podcast. I'm so glad we could connect across the world about our kids and books and 
the power of not I feeling know. alone. Thanks so. for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So how's New York? How's New York? You know, how are you guys doing? Um, okay. I mean, I'm not in the city right now, so I haven't been to my home in the city now for, I don't know, three and a half months or so. So I miss it, but I don't know. I mean, slowly going back to normal, itsy bitsy steps. Yeah. I I think the worst part is that, you know, it's over. Well, no, I think, yes, I think the worst part is over, but I think the worst part, the lingering side effects are that everybody looks at each other as, as though they could be the enemy in a way, right? Like you don't know who has coronavirus. And so that's the saddest part. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, you know, I like to like hug people so much and, you know, have everybody over and, you know, be very well. I don't know. And now I don't know. It's created this distance that when my whole thing is connection. So it's sad, saddens me, but that's the worst part. Other than that, my family is healthy. Yeah. My close friends, people who have had it are better. So I don't know. How about you? <laughs> yeah. I, I can totally relate. In my city, churches are open now, but you know, I'm not going to church because like I told my husband, the whole issue, you know, going to church, going out and meeting people, you want to hug them. Yep. You want to say, how are you? And give them a great big hug. And nobody's doing that right now. And that just seems weird. And I can't, it's just a bit painful for me. So I would rather just stay home. <laughs> And wait and wait it out a bit because, like you said, everybody is suspicious. You see your friend and you and you're like standing, like, oh hi, hello, and that's and that's just not me. I'm such you know I'm you know I'm big on on physical connection. I'm very social as well. Yeah, so that for me is the saddest part as well. It's just you know the other day I went out to get some groceries. I saw my very good friend, and I just said hi, and that was and that you know normally I would give her a big hug, you know. So I, I was sad I couldn't do that, but yeah, I. I'm hoping that things will slowly get back to normal. It might take time. But yeah, I'm just grateful. I'm just thanking God for all the opportunities I've had during this period. Thanking God that my family is well. Like you, I had a few people who were ill and they're all fine. I have family all over the world in the U.S., Seattle, Houston, MD, and everybody's fine, you know. So that's that's something to be thankful for, that everybody's in good health. And um, yeah, I can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> Me too. I really well, can't. maybe one day you and I can get together in real life and give each other a hug. That would be very nice. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Right. That would be great. Well, now we have some goals. <laughs> Long-term goals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you again. And this has been so nice. And thanks for sending me your book and for yeah. helping my little guy through his transition in the fall So to school. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Such a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad he liked it. I'm glad you liked it. And it's great to be able to talk to you. And thanks for all the great job, you're, you know, work you're doing with authors and just getting women to read more. It's pretty amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Young Readers Tuesday, part of my July book blast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at zibbyowens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much to Page One Books for sponsoring today's episode. I hope you'll all check out my summer beach bundle at pageonebooks.com. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thank you.